0: We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen, and remember don't worry. We've got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're joined by Mario Martinez, Jr., CEO and co-founder of Vingresso. Mario's team at Vingresso helps create modern, successful modern sellers. They've helped organizations with digital sales training and technology that has resulted in massive success. Vingresso has grown quickly, and the results have been impressive. They've won multiple Gold Stevie Awards for the American Business Awards, recognizing them as the very best in the business at what they do. Now, Mario has a long career in sales and sales leadership. He's seen and done it all. And if you're not following him yet, you will want to be by the time you finish this episode. He's been an extremely successful salesperson, led sales teams of all shapes and sizes. He writes about sales leadership. He consults with some of the most successful sales orgs in the world. And he's one of the most highly sought after keynote speakers. Listen, Mario is one of the best sales and sales leadership resources I know in our business. And I can't tell you how pumped I am to have him on our show today. I've been looking forward to this week's show for a long time. I'm excited to dive in with him on what I think is one of the most important topics that affects every single one of us. Mario, welcome to our show. Thanks for joining us.
1: I'm going to need that audio clip right there because that's the audio clip that I'm going to have played as the voice of God every single time I I take the stage, man. That That was brilliant. I love it. Rob, thank you for having me, man.
0: Oh, man, this has been a long time coming. I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. I, I'm appreciative of what you do for our industry. I'm appreciative of what you've done for me personally. Uh, you're, you're someone that I can't wait to, to, to jam with today for our listeners. So thanks, man. This is going to be fun.
1: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So why don't we start by just having you introduce Vangresso. Uh, there'll be a lot of people that know who you are, but, uh, but I'd like our listeners to know what your organization is and what you do for your customers.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, thanks for asking me. So Vingresso, we are the largest digital sales training and technology uh, provider out there in the marketplace. And we help sellers and sales teams essentially create more sales conversations or book more meetings and grow the sales pipeline through digital sales training. Working with companies like Juniper Networks, as an example, Proofpoint, one of the world's largest cybersecurity companies. Uh, Also, even the world's largest uh, vanilla extract producer, Virginia Dare. Uh, are some <laughs> of our customers. So nice. uh, we've got the, the gamut of customers across all industries that we work with. And, and our main focus is all around helping sales teams and sales leaders specifically create more sales conversations and increase that pipeline using things like social and video and tech. So that omni-channel approach and all that skills training, bro.
0: So that you just gave a sneak preview of what we're going to talk about. You know, If, if we were watching a movie together or we we're teaching a class. We pause say, What do you think we're going to talk about? You gave a sneak preview that I can't wait. Uh, I'm a big fan of your company. I'm a big fan of your work and I appreciate you sharing that. Before we dive into what we're going to talk about, Mario, how did you get started in sales and, and how did that lead you to where you were able to start a, such a cool company as Vingresso?
1: Wow. So uh, that takes that, that me way back uh to when i was uh, 16 years old actually okay uh i started working for a company by the name of ritz camera centers as a retail uh, in the retail environment excuse me for those of us that are old enough we remember the 35 millimeter film that we used guilty. to have to go yeah <laughs> we had to guilty go, we had to go drop it off to actually uh get it um get it uh, produced uh, to produce uh, uh, photographs and those that are listening in who don't know what i'm talking about well then you you weren't in our generation but um that having been said i was actually a photo finisher So I was the guy that was sitting there taking the you know, process the negatives, take the negatives. And I would put, you know, print and I would add on color magenta, cyan, yellow. I mean, like, that's so funny. I remember those things. Um, So I was there for about two years and then I got accepted into Cal UC Berkeley and I applied for a transfer into the Berkeley store and Hunter Anderson was the gentleman's name. He was our regional manager or district manager. And he came in and he said, Mario, I need to talk to you about your transfer. And I said, yeah. And he goes, "Uh, unfortunately I can't, I can't approve this transfer. And I was like, what? What do you mean you can't approve this transfer? Like, I need this job. I I didn't because you know my family unfortunately didn't have any money to contribute towards college, so I had to pay my own way through college. In fact, truth be told, Rob, uh, when I applied to colleges, um, I was so without money that all I had was forty one dollars in my checking account, and it cost forty dollars per application, so I could only apply to one college. And Good I thing you
0: got my, in, man.
1: Yeah, I applied to my <laughs> dream school, and it was uh, it was Cal. All right. So longer story, shorter. Go Bears. um, Yeah, go Bears. So uh, Hunter says, I can't do it. And I I kind of flipped out and he's like, calm down. And he says, I'm not going to I can't transfer you in the current form. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he says, "Um, look, I want to show you something. So basically, he uh, showed me the stats. And as a part time photo finisher, I was leading the region for the last uh, year or so um in sales in the top three sales uh cat in the top three sales positions and so what he wanted to know was is like what were you doing how were you leading sales for equipment sales and and uh um, uh, materials in the top three in the whole region as a finisher yeah as a photo finisher as a part-time photo finisher okay i love it photo finisher right this is the kid after after school so um any case, uh, we went through that. Whole, that's a whole separate discussion. I'm happy to tell that story, but uh, and it has to do with prospecting actually. Um, and so what I realized was um, that he wasn't gonna transfer me as a photo finisher. And he said, but I will transfer you as a salesperson. So I took the role as a salesperson and I went into sales and then got moved around from store to store, landed a uh, internship doing a sales and marketing newsletter. That landed me an opportunity as a telemarketer at 19 years old. Um, working for an EDI um, software company. And within six months, I was promoted from a telemarketer, now called BDR, uh, into a junior account executive. And then a year later into an account executive. And by 21 years old, I was making six figures. Uh, And that's how it came about. I had some amazing mentors along the way as well.
0: EDI is a term I haven't heard in a long time. Oh, the
1: man. Is, <laughs> the the AS400. Uh, yeah, Like these are some old school uh, systems. And most people are listening. Like, wait, what? What, is what are this? you
0: talking about? Yeah, we, if they we're going to lose means- our listeners. We got to get back to the modern. <laughs> so let's talk about that, man. You, right now, you're helping people like create this modern sales experience with modern tools and and. What I love is you're able to take this blended approach from all of these things to help people create a way to do what you said, create more conversations. I think that that's what I think that's the hardest part of our job is whoever has the most conversations and, and the best conversations wins. So let's start with that. You recently told me that you did a little study and you found what the number one issue facing sales teams was. I, I would love for you to share a little bit about that. I think that will start what will be a really interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, so we actually did some research back in June of last year, right in the middle of the heart of COVID. And then again in September of, of last year, we haven't done it again this year, um, although nothing has really changed in, 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 the, uh, in what we're being told. But we asked the question, like what was the hardest, um, What has been the hardest stage of the sales cycle uh, during this, uh, this pandemic? and resoundingly the lowest number that we heard from after hundreds of, of, of people who engaged was 60 or excuse me 59% of sellers and sales leaders said getting the first conversation is the hardest thing about sales right now and and honestly if if i took that back to 2 years ago and i had asked that same question the answer would have been the same in my opinion the hardest thing about sales sales is that what i call 60% of your effort is spent trying to get that first conversation However, the longest part of the sales cycle is that from hello to close. And we, mo- most of us, and in fact, nearly 200 sales training companies that are out there, focus on from hello to close and teaching all the skills regarding relationship selling, negotiation, um, uh, relationship building, you know, all those types of things. But very few of us focus on this pre-hello. And that's where we, we spend a lot of our time at is in that pre-hello. So back in September as well, same exact thing. And um, uh, an audience of a thousand uh, individuals, we asked the question, primarily sales leaders and sales enablement leaders, what was the hardest thing about um, uh, selling for their sales team? 72% of sales leaders said getting the first conversation is the hardest thing. So think of it, you know, prospecting, lead conversion, uh, finding those leads, sourcing those leads, inbound, outbound, all those things that we spend a lot of time on. Without a conversation, you don't and you will not generate a pipeline. Uh, And that's as simple as that.
0: All right, man. That is there's so many places I feel like we're at a trailhead with like 20 different trails that we could go down now right I I just got done taking my kids for spring break hiking at, at zions national park and there were so many we're like where do we go and so let's start with I want to know from you like if you're when you're working let's let's back up we're talking to thousands of sales leaders around the world right now okay yeah we got lots of sales leaders listening to you and they're probably feeling the same way man okay where do we go with that so if 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 we are on sales, I'm one of those people that believes pipeline is life. Pipe is life, right? I mean, it gives you power in so many ways. It helps you not chase bad deals. It helps you not lower your price. It helps you not accept bad terms. It helps you start having more stronger business conversations because you're starting to be more expert inside those people that you're talking to. Where would you start? If you're going to talk to our sales leaders, if you want to have control and maybe controls the wrong word if you want to have like discipline around creating pipeline that's predictable and it's strong where do you start mario
1: it's a great question so first let's start with the mindset piece right let's let's get sales leaders uh, on the same uh track as where i'm at or where you and i are at and we first need to understand all right data So I'm a data-centric CEO. I'm also, you know, led large sales organizations. My last stop five years ago was a VP of sales, as you mentioned in the introduction. And um, I'm all about the data. What does the data tell us? So let's just look at what happened in 2020 alone, which is definitely an anomaly year, but has created a trend that will not go away. And that is this virtualized environment. um, And it's not going away anytime soon, for sure. Um, So last year alone, uh, LinkedIn um, just published these particular stats that came from uh, Microsoft, I believe it was. And uh, it identified that from February 2020 to February 2021, email volume increased by 40.6 billion emails, 40.6 billion emails. Marketing emails increased by 62% in 2020 alone. Virtual events Increased by a thousand percent. Meetings alone for you and I increased by hundred and forty-eight percent per person. Hundred and forty-eight percent per person per person. Wow! Uh, so so f- think about this. Like we are we are most of us are having internal meetings, and our days are sucked with all of this collaboration that we're trying to do because we usually can't. You know, we can't jump into a, a whiteboard room and have a discussion with Johnny, Su- Susie, Billy, and Mary, right? So we're having all these extra meetings to be able to hash through stuff. And we're talking a lot through email and Slack and Google chat, whatever it might be. And we're having to have a lot more discussions to be able to get our point across. Sales calls went up by 28%. Ad spend went up by 22%. So what has happened is, if we think about this, for those sales leaders that are basically our age and older, that 45 and older, we grew up prospecting a very specific way. And that was through phone and email. Hallelujah, congratulations, continue using them. But guess what? Through all those stats that I just gave you, email response and engagement rate has actually gone significantly down, even though emails have gone through the roof. All right, phone calls have gone down, even though all of the collaboration has gone up. So we gotta ask ourselves, what are we gonna do differently and how do we do it and enter in what I call the omni-channel approach to prospecting. And this is where sales leaders need to understand, okay, I've got phone and email for sure. I'm responsible in most cases, 50% of my leads I've got to produce because marketing will do the other 50% or maybe whatever the number is. And if you're, if you're the lucky one that marketing's producing 100%, hey, stick with it and close those, those leads out. But if you're one of the unlucky one, which is most of most of organizations where you have to prospect then you've got to be thinking about very differently how you approach your prospecting cadence. And that includes an omni-channel approach to a cadence that will actually engage the buyer the way the buyer wants to be engaged. No longer can you control and or can you tell a customer how they're going to buy and what data you're going to give them because all the data is available on digital, right? So we've got to be thinking about how we leverage the phone how we leverage email, how we leverage text message, how we leverage video, which I'll come back to in terms of why that's so hot, uh, how we leverage social media, direct mail as an example, and then the oh so important digital referral, which is single-handedly one of the, 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 the most lost uh, science-based sales tactics to engage with a buyer and then you've got, of course, like gift marketing and those types of things. So we have to think differently. And if we as a sales leader are not thinking about every one of these channels and how my sellers are using it throughout every step of the cadence process, then we will be dead and or obsolete in less than six months from now.
0: Wow. So it changes that fast.
1: It, it, it has changed. That, that's yeah. the problem. It has changed. And yet, if you look at um, our, our sellers and our performance... Performance uh, data has not gone up less than 60% of our sellers made quota last year. And in many cases, some industries were decimated, right? Now you probably couldn't have changed the trajectory of some of those industries. That was not something that was in their control, but many other organizations basically fed off of their existing client base and sold everything they possibly could just to be able to make the number. Some others exceeded the number because of the industry that they're in and what they sold, but most others either uh, were at where they were or are uh, somewhat significantly or somewhat below where they were. And most sellers did not produce, uh, or many sellers did not produce the number that they were looking for.
0: So Mario, the reason I like what you're saying, I want, like I'm listening to you talk about how fast things have changed, um, how performance really has not changed. Um, you, you and I are both friends with Jim Dickey and yep. uh, Jim's study of the state of the selling world is something that I've followed for, I don't know, 20 years probably. And we have had seven or eight years in a row where the percentage of reps hitting goal has continued to fall. Organizations are continuing to hit at about the same rate. And what that means is that 80, 20 rule hasn't ever changed. Right, And so they're throwing more people at things and they're not getting you know, more of those people to be successful. And that's why I'm so interested to have this conversation with you is you're going to help, like, like, as I, tell me if I'm wrong, but as I'm listening to you, we as leaders can help more of those reps be successful. So it doesn't have to just be more people at that same 80, 20 rate. We can get those people to be more successful at, rather than just take the same performance level that people have accepted year after year after year.
1: Yes. And the key here is the, 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 the magic uh, potion to this formula is uh, definitely leadership. Leadership has got to get out of their comfort zone. You have got to get back into how do I perform these tactics and these elements so that I can then coach my salesperson. And what I mean by that? Well, I literally mean that you need to be producing video content that you're engaging with prospects and buyers uh, on, on, using video. Why because you have no idea as a leader, what is good and what is bad. Why? Because you never did it. You weren't coached on it. You didn't have in the old days, Rob, when you and I were growing up in sales, we sat in a cube when we started on phone for phone calling. We sat in a cube with somebody else. We plugged in the little Y connector. We put on our little headsets. We listened for a week for calls. Then we would turn around and we start making calls and our manager would be sitting there coaching us um, either live or after the call. And then we were released on our own and we continued to having coaching and development all the way through for many years, in some cases on cold calling, right?
0: And my lead list was a phone book, man.
1: Exactly so- right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's, you. that's exactly right. It was a phone book. Yeah. So, so we actually were trained. And I think of sales leaders that again, are our age and older. If we think back to what we did and how we were trained, congratulations. You were trained the right way. Now, what did we do? All of a sudden, which by the way, these channels were all available to us beforehand, but all of a sudden they're now required as part of a buyer level engagement. We took a channel, LinkedIn, a channel, video, and we said, Mr. Sa- Mr. or Mrs. Sales Rep, here you go. Go therefore and be successful with this particular channel. But yet we gave them no training, no skill development. And we ourselves couldn't even recognize if our life depended on it, what's good or what's bad. And, or we think something is bad, but it really is good. We think something is good, but it really is bad.
0: Mario, I got to sit on this. this. I know you got a lot of things and I'm stoked because I asked you how to get started. You st- you went to mindset. I want to sit in mindset for a little bit longer if that's okay with you. Uh-huh. Be- because I think that what you're talking about is gold. And And I think there's a lot of sales leaders. I know the first time I was, Uh, sitting in a sales leadership chair. I made this mistake. I think I still make it sometimes. As I coach sales leaders, I talk about this. So I want to talk about what you brought up. We can't become an armchair quarterback. Sounds like what you're saying is we got to keep our skills. We got to be able to still do that job. Am I hearing you the right way?
1: Absolutely. Hey, listen, if you have the word sales in your title, sales manager, director of sales, VP of sales, chief sales officer, guess what? You're in sales. Produce a lead, prospect, engage, get out there on the front lines. Don't tell your sellers, hey, go take the hill. You say, let's take the hill. Let's go. Let's go. And I'll do it with you because we're all in this together. Most of us haven't produced a video to engage with a buyer. Most of us haven't actually been trained on how to properly socially engage to convert a engagement into a connection and a connection into a conversation. Most of us have never developed a uh connection strategy within our social networks to build that network up and most of us have never developed a nurturing strategy of social content either one-to-one or one-to-many or excuse me i said one-to-many here we go one-to-many in a social environment most of us have never done that so therefore we're all learning this at the same time and you cannot say go take the hill you must say let's take the hill
0: last thing i want to ask you about this um because you brought it up, I took a note, man, I've already burned up two pages on my notepad, man. Um, Sales leaders, Um, you talked about being lucky if you get leads, or if you got to do 50% of your finding, how important is it to maintain the skill of prospecting as a member of the sales community? I mean, it's one of my questions I have, I love is I, I see a lot of the current generation of salespeople feeling like, prospecting is not their job. That's somebody else's job. Their job is to quote unquote, close people. Any thoughts on that?
1: So um, let me interrupt
0: uh, one second. Cause I think that goes to mindset. I think that's part of mindset.
1: I'll illustrate this with um, with our environment. Right. Yeah. And and while we are a small business, we've got a team of, uh, of six sellers. Um, our regional vice presidents are absolutely a hundred percent responsible for prospecting. They have a dedicated Um, set of accounts every single month, 10, 10 accounts that they have to go penetrate um, inside of there. And we're, um, we don't have named accounts uh, as such. So we were focused on that. Now let's fast uh, rewind back to my VP of sales days where I had much larger sales organizations, every single person, including the named accounts, uh, global accounts, directors, global account managers, they were all responsible for prospecting. I never, ever, ever, Wanted to hear a sales rep say, well, marketing's not providing our leads. Marketing leads suck. Uh, I can't make my quota because marketing's not doing their job. The reality is, as a salesperson, you are the CEO of your own individual freaking business. And you better get out there and prospect. So to answer your question, from the CSO all the way down. And um, I've had a great discussion with uh, executives like Marcus Jewell, uh, who is the chief sales officer of Juniper Networks. Um, Christoph Schnell, uh, who is the um, chief commercial officer from HP. Chris O'Brien, who's the chief commercial officer for C.H. Robinson, only a small little Fortune 100 multi-billion dollar company. Uh, And um, Scott Walston, who is the president of sales for Micro Focus. Every single one of them are saying, have said, that they're at their level, they are back in the field hunting and prospecting and using their connections, right? Learning how to do all these digital components. In fact, um, Chris O'Brien, uh, what I really appreciate about him was that he actually didn't uh, come to Vingreso to build their, their entire digital sales training um, program. He actually built the entire program himself. And he got into the weeds and he said, let me figure out how to do these things so that I can build a program and guide the sales enablement team. Because guess what? Your social media manager, he or she, they have no idea how to prospect and be able to teach your sellers how to use social media to engage with a social sales conversation. And neither does your sales enablement team, because guess what? They're the same age as we are. And sales enablement never prospected this way either. Love it.
0: Thanks for that. I appreciate it. So I, I love it. Anything else on mindset that you want to talk about before you get into the next place on where you, where you go if you're going to build this discipline?
1: Uh, no. I mean, uh, once once, you, once you're once you sitting in the spot of saying, all right, yes, I agree. We, we've got mindset uh, and we have to agree that we need to make change. Now you move on into the next step, which is really that execution phase of how do I go about building a program that will allow me to be able to um, uh, change behavior, and this is one of those areas where a lot of sales leaders really struggle. And I, I got to be honest with you, Rob. Again, I sit, I have sat in the seat, I've managed three hundred million dollar year yep. uh, sales organizations, so I truly, truly understand this mindset. But it is flat out wrong in terms of the execution plan, and the mindset is is we want to just get it. We want it right now. We want something to make it happen. Give me, can you give me an hour, two hours? I I need it fast. That is not how we change behavior. And so now we get into the execution and with, in this environment, we are creating long-term, long-term skills based enhancement and training for the long-term impact of our sales organization. It will never, never happen in a two or three hour or four hour consecutive webinar program to change behavior and teach the skill at how to go about leveraging these digital mediums. You must consider as a sales leader, you must consider that a fool with a tool is still a fool. (laughs) Right? So in order to change that behavior, we need to um, uh, take this over the course of time. Let me give you an example, Rob. And I've been talking about just more of a Hit me, high man. level. Hit so let me. me give you a real example. Let's take video. Now, uh, executives report on video, if you were to use and leverage uh, video as, a, as an engagement tool, executives report that uh, 65% of senior executives have visited a website after watching a video. Okay. Uh, 59% of executives report that they watch at least one work-related video per week. All right. Okay. So if we know that video is a way to be able to engage today's buyer. And by the way, if you marched into your CMO's office and said, hey, what are one of the top five marketing tactics? I guarantee to you your CMO is going to say, we got to leverage video, right? We're leveraging video. So if it's good for marketing and we know this, then it must be good for salespeople. But think about it this way: you're looking at a video, it's produced And when that thumbnail comes out and you send that thumbnail to someone on an email uh, with the video, right in front of someone's face is what? You know what this is with my fist? You know what this represents, Rob? Tell me. The play button.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's that arrow right in front. That yeah. arrow
1: right in front yeah. of someone's face, right? Yeah, 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 So I'm holding, for those of you who can't see me right now, I'm yeah. talking to Rob live, yeah. but I'm holding my fist right in front of my face. Rob, yeah, yeah. when I send you a video, what can't you see with this fist right I on my face? I can't see
0: your smile. I can't see your face. Yeah. You
1: can't see my smile. You can't yeah. see my face. You can't see my eyeballs. My eyes. Cannot build trust. And here's the, be- the benefit of, of leveraging video as a way to be able to engage, which has such an astronomically high success rate. And rarely anybody's using it. You are using potentially a, a two senses that otherwise you wouldn't be able to use when you're just using text-based email or a phone. On text, you're just reading something and you, you can just see something. Uh, and you might even misinterpret something. On an audio call, or a voicemail, you're listening to it just through one, another sense. And you're that's right hearing. You're right. But with video, I get to combine the power of two senses, sight and audio. And that is where we forge a stronger connection with our buyers by utilizing more than one sense to be able to engage. Think about it this way, Rob. Why did we have field-based, uh, sales, uh, field-based sales teams?
0: Because we wanted to have that face-to-face that all, all senses experience. You're right. Touch, me-
1: sight, hearing, right? We needed all those, uh, exper- uh, touch, uh, all those, uh, senses to be able to build that relationship with the buyer.
0: It reminds me of that Jerry Maguire movie where Jerry said, I did this, She says, I do my best work in the living room, right? And, um, and I used to say as I was traveling the field sales rep, I do my best work in the boardroom, you know, and, um, because of what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Exactly right. So, so thinking of that, just a logic perspective, going back to, well, how do we execute on a program? Um, my message to sales leaders is it doesn't happen overnight and it's not going to happen with four webinars. And please, dear God, don't ask your social media manager with all due respect, love the social media team. We have one, love them to death, but there is no way that my social media manager who knows social media marketing will ever walk into a sales room and teach my sellers how to go about doing social engagement. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, there is nobody in marketing who will ever walk into my, my sales team that will teach my sellers how to create videos why? Because they don't do it themselves and they never carried a bag. And that's why when we think about now, how do we execute on this, on a process? We got to be thinking about how do we train over the course of time? And, and you got to think about a couple different things in terms of virtual learning. And it goes right back to the science of how learners learn. So here we go. So we get people into a room and we do all these exercises and then we have them there for two, three, four, five days, whatever the number is, right? Well, here's the reality. The data has always been there, but we just ignored it as sales leaders. 70% of B2B reps forget the information they learned within a week of training. Within a week of training, 87% of B2B sales reps forgot what they learned, the information that they learned within a month worth of training. (laughs) Wow. So wait, we've always known this. We've always known the study of the forgetting curve. We've always known the study of how the chunking technique and the chunking effect, but it never came to reality until we hit this era right now, which is the virtual digital era. So we transform that now. Think about it this way. How do we actually get sellers to change behavior? Here we go. 80% of information is retained after 60 days with what's called the spacing effect and 65% 65% of information is retained after three days when taught using video, okay? So now thinking of that, we think about how do we transform our sales folks into these prospecting machines and getting them to understand how to utilize these channels. We have to go to virtual environment. Your program should look at least 60 days long. You should mm. include things like the chunking technique, which is basically breaking things down to this mm. seven phases maximum. You have to consider the spacing effect, which is you could only teach something for, um, uh, on a weekly basis for about an hour per week. That's, that's that spacing effect that will actually change behaviors. And then uh, you need to be thinking about how do you actually capture that individual's attention? And that is utilizing things like video as a way to be able to engage with that particular seller. So if we believe that, now we started an execution program on how to devel- develop training skills around prospecting, not on the phone, not through email, but through video and or through social, et cetera.
0: All right. So I got, this is really good. So I, I, I have to ask a question, Mario, because I love, you're right. We know about the forgetting curve, but what you're doing is you're implementing what people have been talking about, about chunking and spacing. And, and, and I love what you're saying. If you're going to do this, make sure you're, you're planning how to have this effect. And, and there's no get rich quick scheme. There's no get successful quick scheme either. Right. So I'm going to ask you a question that I get asked a lot. One of my biggest customers, that's a company I know you're familiar with. Uh, Their senior vice president of global sales ops, works with me. And every time he talks to anybody, I hear him say to other people and he says it to me. We have to figure out how to balance the immediacy of winning now with the long-term effect of being able to say that we're improving. We can't just say, be patient, we'll lose right now and we'll be good, you know, six months or a year from now. How do you help people with that? Because as you're talking about those things, that question came to my mind. And I bet we have some, some sales leaders that feel that same pressure. Any thoughts around that?
1: Well, you know, my response to sales leaders when they say that was, you know, you're right. The best time that you could have trained your salespeople on how to be digital sellers was two years ago. Yeah. The next <laughs> best time is right now. So, so you know, the reality is, <clears throat> yes, we have to produce but that becomes a partnership now between the marketing and the sales department. Right. And so as an example, both marketing and sales report up to me and uh, make no mistakes about it. Marketing is held accountable. And when you're not delivering, you're gone. You're gone just as fast as a salesperson is gone in my marketing organization. And that sounds very like, like rough, right. But I don't play. And if you're not doing your job to produce leads, which we, we say will produce 40% of the leads for the sales organization. The sales wow. organization has to produce the other 60%. Okay. So you're not hitting the quota. Guess what? My sellers don't hit the other 40% of their quota. And unfortunately, we've had people in the organization that we've had to terminate. And I've had my marketing organization, we terminated in the last uh, seven months alone. I'm not proud of this, but I will tell you in the last seven months alone on a, on a um, 12 person marketing team, we've terminated seven people. And we brought in new, new hires and we give them their 60, 90 days. You're not doing it. You're not cutting it. You're out. And mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. And so we as sales leaders need to march back into our marketing leadership organization and say, when are you going to deliver? By what date and time? Then you march right back into the CEO's office. If that CMO doesn't report to you, um, generally, if you're a CSO, oh, they're yeah. your peers. But if you're a CRO, yeah. the CMO might, right? Um, you'd march back into the CEO's office and say, here's the plan that Susie, Mary, Johnny, or Billy came up with as a CMO. They will produce this by this time. I need you to hold them accountable. And if they don't, you find somebody who will. We have got to get that hardcore inside the organization because guess what? As a CSO, that that CEO is going to hold you accountable no matter what to the number that you are supposed to deliver to. Maybe some give or take as a result of the pandemic, right? Maybe. Maybe. But you're not producing. There is no grace period. And think about all the marketing leaders that are out there that have not produced and yet they're still in that position in that role. No, mm. I, I, I don't play that way. And no, no CEO should either.
0: Mario, I wrote that down. I'm not playing that, that <laughs> attitude. I'm not playing. That's a great takeaway for our leaders, man. Make that, sure that's, that
1: that's, that's my old hood at, uh, at attitude, right? That's from coming from the, from, from the poor, uh, the streets of San Francisco, man, all of a sudden, like the hood just came out, man.
0: So you, you hit video hard and video is, is I think no longer like this novelty. I think it's something that you have to be good at. Um, any kind of thoughts around video? Like for, we may have a lot of people listening that they still say, yeah, I probably should figure that out. Any kind of like, hey, here's two or three things you ought to be thinking about for how you use video?
1: Yeah, so I mean, in terms of tactics, I, I gave one and that was that yeah. play button right, on, right yep. on that thumbnail, right? So yep. we actually teach um, sellers how to actually um, open up a video so that that play button is not um, on their face. Uh, that's one of them.
0: Super smart, by the way, super smart.
1: Uh, thank you. So um, a couple other tactics, and this is not just for video. This is for um, uh, whether you're using a LinkedIn message or you're using an, e- an, an email the data's out there. Uh, we've had amazing, tremendous success um, on our subject lines, as an example. And most sellers don't know this, but I would, here's your free tip. Go march back into your sales organization and say, do a survey. Uh, of the last 10 uh, prospecting emails that you sent out, I want you to tell me, go count them up, use your little tally, you know, the one, two, three, four, slash five, one, two, three, four. I want you to tell me, sales reps, how many emails did you send out with a one word subject line two word subject line three word four word five and you give them all the you know ten words right and what? i want them i you should you should survey them what you will find is is that most of us are doing it all wrong why one one to three word subject lines have the best performance and oh by the way there is a trick to the trade lowercase hmm. so if you're going to write the word pipeline like for example you might get an email from us that says pipeline and it's all lowercase. Subliminally a sales leader sees the word pipeline and it's in lowercase, what do they think? I'm going to open this because okay. what are some of the major things that keep us up at night? Got it. Pipeline, yeah. right? Yeah, so, sure. so you're going to, you're going to really think about what are the, what are the things that keep this particular buyer up at night that your product or solution sells and create different subject lines that map to those things. So think about that in terms of getting more open rates and higher open rates. And if you're using tools like sales loft or, um, Outreach or Zant or vanillasoft, uh, then you definitely want to make sure that you are um, um, managing through with those uh, individual one max three word um, uh, open rates. Now by the way, one word one word subject line have the highest open rates of all emails wow. so you know one word subject
0: lines. All right, great tip. We're almost out of time, man. We got like just a couple of minutes left and I got one final question I got to ask you and then we'll wrap it up the way we wrap up everybody, okay? You got it. this. You've talked about Omni channel from like the way we introduced you all the way through. I want to make sure that we give our listeners a chance to hear from you. How do you figure out, like, is anything dead? How do you figure out what, like you said something along the lines of my notes here, you want to connect and, and talk to your customers in the way they want to be spoken to. Is there like, how do you figure that out? Is it just trial and error? Is it any like I don't want to go too deep because we don't have time. I'm just like, hey, if you want to make sure you have a good omni-channel, here's a couple of things you should do to make sure that you're leveraging things in a way that you can be connected with a customer.
1: We just published a guide called The Definitive Guide to Prospecting. Um, and if you go to vingresso.com forward slash blog forward slash what is prospecting, we can put, I can send that to you. You can put it in the no, show notes.
0: We'll, we'll yeah, we will put it in the show notes for sure. But yeah, I, I want people to be reaching out and we'll put it in the show notes because... I have looked at that and it's fantastic.
1: Thank you. And, and in that, um, it, it identifies and answer your question identifies um, all the different steps in terms of the channels of which our sellers are going to engage 18 different um, ways that we're going to touch them or I'm sorry, 18 different times that we're going to touch them of which uh, we basically touch them in five different ways. Mm. And I will tell you, it is trial and error because okay. every buyer is different. Uh, and I today have buyers who literally will not respond to me through email there are customers will only respond via text between 5:30 and 8:30 p.m. at night. So wow. if i send them a text between 5:30 and 8:30, then they will respond. And and what do we do when we have this? Our sales reps put in notes that are pinned at the top, best way to engage, right? And you can change your CRM, you can add that as a field, um optimal engagements, you should actually have your sales operations team if you're large enough to be able to do um data analysis on what are the ways that people are engaging? Is it through LinkedIn as a a mechanism? Is it through uh, text? Is it through email? Is it through a phone call? And then analyze that and have your reps begin to use that consistently with those individual buyers. Uh, And then the only other thing I would say is, is, um, I mean, we can get into a a whole other conversation around this and we have a whole entire strategy on um, helping leaders hire remote sellers. And um, in fact, we have a. If you just type in "remote selling" on Google, you'll find our article um, for Vingreso for remote selling. There's a whole giant section inside there. The age of remote selling is here. The age of finding the digital seller is the most important skill set that we should be looking for in a new salesperson. Uh, and we're not talking about the young and the restless. Many of our old uh, timers who uh, are, um, are have been trained have figured this out. You got to find the people that have the digital Rolodex that have the digital experience that understands the digital nature of the buyer. So that is a whole big can of worms that we didn't touch on, but that also goes into this whole prospecting component of hiring the right person.
0: We'll get you back in a couple months and we'll, and we'll hit that one. Listen, I know we're, we're getting low. I want to finish this. I want to ask you the three things we ask everyone. And then I want to give you a chance to tell everybody that's listening, how they can connect with you, get more from you and, and uh, ask you questions if they've got it. Okay. You bet. Okay, this is the rapid fire part, man. Three questions really fast. You ready? Oh, I'm
1: scared, I'm scared.
0: Here we go. Biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now and how do you beat it?
1: A biggest sales leadership challenge is actually, um, I would 100% say it's about building the sales pipeline and yeah. it's the prospecting piece. That's definitely for me is what I've heard as the number one thing. And I do about uh, this this last year alone, we did about, about almost 200 executive meetings and that was the number one issue.
0: Okay. Love it. Thank you. Number two, you just barely talked about, uh, building team and hiring people when you're hiring people or you're helping your customers build their teams. Do you have to have an interview topic or an interview question or something that you really have found as your go-to, uh, kind of thing that matters most to you. And and when you're leveraging it, what are you looking for?
1: That's so great question as well. In that remote selling um, article that I referenced, we have a whole entire section on how to hire a remote sales rep. And we have actually a, a very, um, prescriptive uh, group panel process where um, we invite um, the cast of many, including um, up to 11 buyers, which is what Gartner identifies that you might have inside of a buying um, influence group. And so we'll invite that to a zoom room just like this and make that person feel uncomfortable, or hopefully they'll shine in, in terms of their, um, their uh, sales, uh, salesmanship. So we actually have a, inside that article, we have a, um, a panel interview sheet that identifies all the things that all the panel, all the um, uh, uh, panelists, excuse me, are, um, are looking for and reviewing for that individual. And it's a system that we've used for a very long time and it works really, really, really well.
0: Cool. Yeah, that that's awesome. Thank you. Last one, man. Leaders are readers. We found that uh, Pete, the great leaders never stop uh, their journey of trying to get better and, and evolve and, and adapt Anything you'd recommend for our leaders? I don't care if it's something that you read or if it's something smaller like a podcast or a, or a blog that you follow. Anything you'd tell our listeners that they ought to try to consume?
1: So I, I hate reading books. I will tell you that. Yeah. I, am, I read about 2,000 blogs a year and there I consume uh, 2,000 blogs and videos per year. I'm a, just a short form content type of guy. Um, so uh, um, uh, one of the things that I listen to, of course, is many different podcasts. From an Audible, and I'm put, I'm going to put a shameless plug in for the Good, modern no. selling the yeah. modern selling podcast. So that's my podcast. So uh, I would say listen to that one. We've got some great content just like Rob, um, and and it's very much sent, uh, uh, all over the place from sales, from opening to closing, from building to sales enablement to um, motivation. Um, and uh, we we have some we have some really great ones out there.
0: Well that's a that's a great way to wrap up. I, I, I wanna give you a chance to finish if you have any final thought and, and how do they get more of you? How do they connect with you? And I'll and I'll I'll plug as well. I I follow your stuff. Mario is one of my follows. I listen to his podcast, I read his downloads, I watch his videos. He's helped me tremendously, a lot of different places in, in how I have evolved as both a salesperson and a sales leader. And so if you're not listening to his podcast, give it a try. If you haven't connected with them and checked out their resources, do it because I think they're fantastic. So with that, any final thoughts and then make sure you tell them how, how do they get a hold of you? How do they connect? How do they you know, carry on the conversation or learn more about Vingresso?
1: Yeah, just go to vingresso.com, V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O. And uh, uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Make sure you say that you heard me on uh, Rob's podcast here. So uh, don't, uh, don't just send the connection request. Tell me where you found me at uh, or tell me where you heard me at. That's super important, um, especially, you know, I've got a limited number of connections that I, I personally can accept. Um, so make sure you, you tell me. And if you're part of Rob's crew, I'll accept you. Um, and uh, that's where I would say, you know, vingresso.com and and, um, and RU, we have a, 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 a plethora of videos on YouTube. So if you enjoy um, doing short form video content, uh, subscribe to the Vingresso channel. It's a, a very popular um, video channel. Uh, in fact, it's, it's awesome. got majority, more followers than almost any other sales training company out there in the world.
0: Yeah. Mario, you're fantastic, man. He's helping people get more first conversations all around the world. He's helping people solve the number one problem. 60% of the people that talk to him say that they got to get more of those conversations. He's helping make the pipeline something that they can count on and be predictable. Mario, my friend, thank you so much for joining us today. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. Sales leadership is more important now than at any other time in the previous 10 years. So much has changed. Brand new sales leaders, the most experienced sales leaders, and everyone in between. We all have to take a closer look to how we lead our teams, how we connect, how we correct, and maybe most important, how we engage. Every single part of the job has had to be rethought. Companies have spent billions on sales training, sales tools, and sales processes, but those same companies have left leaders on their own to figure out what the leadership model needs to look like. And right now, more than any other time, you need to know that you're not on your own. So if you don't want to have to guess on what's working and what isn't, and if you need a colleague to help you take things up a level, reach out to me. I'm helping sales leaders around the world cl- create elite sales leadership systems. I've got frameworks that you will find ridiculously easy to use, and I have a ton of options to help. Things from the do-it-yourself model at my, my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United, all the way up to working with you as a member in your corner, helping you create something unique just for you in the way that you, that you sell. If you've never had a coach in your corner, now is a great time to give it a try. I'm helping leaders create impact faster and avoid mistakes that too many make. The greatest performers in the world in every discipline, they choose to invest in themselves. So save your most precious resource, time. Let me help you add some method to the sales leadership madness and navigate the sales leadership maze faster than you might think possible. Now, listen, if you've been in the game very long, you've seen Mario before Mario's one of those guys that have played such an important role in how sales has evolved. I really look up to him. I admire him for what he knows. I admire him for what he does. You know, I commend him for uh, the, the accolades that he's earned from places like the Stevie Awards and so many other places. Because Mario's done a great job at staying current in how people buy and, and the ways that you can connect with them. And that's what Van Gressel helps people do. And that's why I've been wanting to get him on the show because he's such a great resource for this topic of getting that first meeting. And so it was really interesting to me that when Mario and I started chatting, the very first thing he went to was the mindset we need as sales leaders. Listen, he, he's right. We can't afford to be armchair quarterbacks. And it's super easy to do, especially with the speed of change today. Now, I'm going to go to my grave believing that the most important skill a salesperson can have is the ability to find a deal. Just today, I was coaching a really experienced sales leader for a large global company. He has someone that's been struggling to get on the scoreboard. And so when we were making our plan for what's going to happen in the next few weeks, one of the goals was get this person on the board. And what was cool was we were able to put some plans in place for this leader to saddle up with this rep and show him how to get an opportunity rolling. Not put pressure on him, not like have hypotheticals and theoreticals and you know, even motivationals of you can do it, it's let's go do it. That's way different. You know, Mario talks about that a lot in this episode. He, you know, when he says, you can't say go take the hill. You got to be able to say let's go take the hill. <coughs> and he says a couple times there, he ain't playing. You know, as a leader, you better make sure your attitude towards your craft is I ain't playing right? We, we we sometimes want to delegate so many things. And, and I've met some leaders in what I do right now that are more concerned with making sure that they have the right kingdom built around them than they are about their ability to have impact with the people who are supposed to move the needle. And I'm telling you, the ability to show is far better than the ability to tell. Talk is cheap. You really want to be uh, someone worth following? Then you need to be able to demonstrate your commitment to our craft and keep your skills current, right? I loved Mario's discussion around learning to create great videos. An example of that, um, you know, he said most of the leaders today have had to learn how to do that just the same time everyone else has because it's not something that they did years ago or, or even a couple of years ago or maybe even a, a year ago. It's something that's emerged. It's something that now is, is not an optional thing to do to try to be different. It's something you've got to be good at. And so if it's part of the way things are done, whatever that tool or that technique is, you have to at least be proficient in it. You don't have to be the best in the company at it, but you do have to be proficient in it or else you can't coach to it. Now, I've seen too many people want to become sales leaders and then just lead with data, right? I'll rely on my reports. I'll be, I call those people spreadsheet leaders, <clears throat> spreadsheet sales leaders. And I, I i think there was a time when they were able to be successful, but I think that time has passed. Yeah, i will I'll, I'll agree that data is super important, but if you can't do the job that you're leading, people will check out from you fairly quickly. People will learn what they can, and then they'll figure out that they've come as far as they can with you, and they'll find another place to go, either another leader in the company or another company altogether. So I loved everything Mario brought to the table today. You know, I mean, we could go and talk about all the different points and they're amazing. And he gave us a masterclass on what's working. And I honestly think this is an episode you should break down a time or two. But the thing I hope sticks more than anything else because you listen to this episode with Mario is that you can't take, you can't tell your team to take the hill. You've got to be able to help them take the hill. You got to be able to say, follow me. And that means you're going to have to be actively working on your skills. It might be tools like video or other omni-channel tools as they emerge. It might be connecting to new problems and the impact you can create in solving them effectively. I don't know all the ways you'll need to grow and adapt, but I do know that you're going to want to be early to that party. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to work for a has-been. So that's my word of of motivation and my word of warning. So Mario, my, my man. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I appreciate you joining us, sharing your blueprint for how to create that difference-making approach. Listen, um, Mario has given us three download links. I put them in the show notes. Go check them out. And then connect with with Mario and the members of the Vingresso team. If you're not following him, you need to right now. This was an important episode with so many great lessons for every single sales leader. Mario, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you've done for our sales community, and I especially right now appreciate you taking a few moments to share your insights with our listeners around the world. Most of all, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. The show continues to grow. I can't thank you enough for all the support and the shares. If you liked what we talked about today, please, please turn over to iTunes and give us another five-star review as this is the very best way for the show to grow and for me to continue to get access to the best sales leaders in the world. So here's to keeping your prospecting skills sharp. Here's to seeing prospecting as your favorite part of the job. And if you're going to be an effective leader today, commit right now to never, ever lose the ability to take the hill. Because once you lose that ability, your ability to be a strong leader will go with it. Recommit today to being a leader that shows the way and knows the way, and your team will follow your lead. I wish you all a fantastic week. And as always, don't worry, just execute because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at JEPPG.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.